1: Welcome to episode 139 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Paris, and this is Chris. Hello. This time we read Interspecies Reviewers Volume 1 Ecstasy Days by Tetsuo Habara, with the original story by Amahara, translation by Caleb de character design by Masha, and art by W18. This was first published in Japan in 2018 by Kadokawa Corporation, but this English version was published in 2020 by Yen Press LLC. Our patron Austin requested that we read this, saying, Interspecies Reviewers is my favorite franchise of all time and is near and dear to my heart. But since I have little chance to talk about it in polite company, or for that matter, most impolite company, I decided to choose this glorious novel for my recommendation.
0: Okay, I just gotta gotta interject here this is your favorite franchise of anything?
1: I I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he meant his favorite sexy franchise. I, yeah, I don't know. So,
0: I mean, if you guys haven't picked up on this yet, we'll, we'll wait till we get to the content warnings, but continue, Paris.
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. So... um If this is your first time listening to The Terrible Book Club, what we do here on this show is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Uh, However, sometimes, like today, we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend, uh, so, in general, we do the opposite of what most people do when they're in a bookstore or like browsing the internet for something to read, and we choose something we probably don't want to read. Uh, and usually, this experiment results in a disappointing and hilarious experience. But you know, once in a while, we do actually end up liking the book. Content warnings for today: cue the sirens. <laughs> We're talking about talking about hentai today, people.
0: Yep, it's a straight up hentai.
1: So, in addition to our usual barnyard language. Today's episode includes discussion of explicit sexual situations involving age play, cuckoldry, cat girls, basilisk girls, singing bird girls, spirits, elves, and halflings who look like children. So here's your pedophilia warning and a moment of racism. Fun.
0: Oh, great. Yeah, cool. Get that all way. There's some slime girls in there, too. Really, you know, when it says interspecies, that's, you know, consider what that means in anime lands
1: yeah uh so just in case it wasn't already clear this is an explicitly sexual book we are going to be talking about sex and some of that sex this is pornography uh we you know we were asked to review it and you know our patrons give the money that supports this show and sometimes it results in things like today where we have to read porn and talk about <laughs> it so
0: yeah. So like, the reason I'm calling it a hint, I know some people might be like, well, you're- it's a book. Is it really a hentai? But there's actual art in here. Maybe not every, you know, it's like there's like 10, 11 pieces of art in here, I would say.
1: Yeah, mercifully, there's only a few panels, uh, at least for me. Uh, and I, I
0: think that squarely puts it in the hentai realm for me, yeah. because if you're legit seeing that kind of stuff. In there. Okay, all right. Is, all right.
1: Can, we, can we just say Japanese pornography book and call it a day?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, okay. d- card, you know, animated slash drawn Japanese pornography. <laughs>
1: Well, so if, uh, if any of that sounds distasteful to you, then we have plenty of other episodes to choose from. We've got a back catalog of, you know, 130-plus other episodes, so take a gander at those. But uh, if you're interested, welcome. Welcome. All right. Um, all right. So here is the back-of-the-book summary. So this is sort of what the publisher wants you to read to entice you to pick up this particular book.
0: To get, give you a boner before you pick it up, essentially.
1: Yes, this is the boner bait on the back of the book. Uh, <laughs> an all-out fantasy sex extravaganza In a world where an endless variety of humanoid species coexist, there's an equally endless variety of sexy shops sure to satisfy your every carnal desire. Let's say you're spoiled for choice or you have a place in mind, but you're not sure if it'll live up to the hype. That's where the interspecies reviewers come from. These brave souls will dive crotch-first into the unknown and write a review that tells it true. From time-traveling temptresses to poison-breathed basilisk babes, join Stunk, Zell, and Krim on their erotic adventures as they sample the many deviant delights the world of Succubus Joints has to offer. Based on the hit manga series by Amahara. (sighs) Okay. Our characters and setting... uh, I guess the setting is just a, a pure fantasy world, it's it's almost like Dungeons and Dragons-esque, very, you know, you've got your elves and fairies and whatever, um, and it's just a world where uh, there is a class category? It seems to be a biological category of people who are succubi, um, who have an innate desire to be sex workers they are like born into the sex worker trade which sounds really fucked up as I'm saying it right now Um, well it's
0: I mean there is a line in the story about how a lot of the workers in these brothels aren't really legitimate succubi they just like anyone can trace their lineage back to a succubus and that's sort of like the legal justification for these things these areas or succubus joints being open so it's I don't think every last one is a you know Actually has that desire, it's just that I guess sex work is very popular in this medieval fantasy world,
1: yeah, very popular, very common legal you know, like it you know consenting parties for for pay and safe scenarios, you know um that sort of a thing, um kind of like a red light district, but not as exploitative it's very uh this is a very sex positive world where all the shops are like i said uh, very safe environments where the people that work there you know no one's like being held against their will it seems like they're compensated and and have like security and rules and stuff like that um so you know total fantasy since. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very different from the world we live in uh all right and then our main characters are uh stunk He's kind of our really main, main character. We often see things through Stunk's perspective. He is a stereotypical tank or fighter class. If you're, you know, if you've ever played a D&D or played a fantasy game, like if you've played a fucking Elder Scrolls or anything like that, you know, big buff guy, big sword, you know, that kind of person. Zell is the magical elf guy. Crimvale Vale, or Crim is the intersex angel of the party. Uh, Bruise is a half-dog man. Conchal is a halfling. And a halfling, for those of you, you know, uh, not inducted into the fantasy realms, it's like a just a, a small person. Like a oh, regular, you know, like a regular average person, but they are, like, shrunk down to half-size, hence halfling. Uh, and then Madri is the pub owner at the pub that they all frequent and she's kind of Krim's, like... She's Krim's boss, because Krim is a server at the bar. Um, but she's also sort of his parent figure. Um, but otherwise, all the other characters are just sex workers at various establishments that only appear for, like, a few pages, and we don't get any insight into their background. So
0: Yeah, it's more about what do they look like.
1: Yeah, which I guess is unsurprising. Um, <laughs> all right, so... Uh, In the last couple of years we have (laughs) on the show tried to prepare for all of you listeners a summary of plot points so you can at least get a quick understanding of what the book was like and uh, what we're talking about as we go into the review. So Chris is going to go ahead and read our summary for uh, interspecies reviewers.
0: Four to five adventurers and their intersex angel acquaintance go get their dicks wet in various ways. Our intrepid dick Venturers visit several succubi, that is sex worker, establishments and review them, posting their reviews in the local pub, Yee Pub. They have sex with cat girls, basilisk girls, singing bird women, elves, house spirits, slime girls, and engage in both a gender swap scenario and an elaborate cuckoldry roleplay. Beneath the many sex scenes, there lies a dual mystery surrounding the time-traveling temptresses who supposedly appear to you and provide sexual services by entering your dreams slash reading your mind, as well as the succubus joint at the end of the sky rumored to be unparalleled. It turns out both of these are one and the same, and our main characters go on a quest to climb the dying tree in the ruined city to find it. The door can only be opened by the effluvia of a celestial being, so they coax Crim to jerk off onto the seal to open it. This works and they enjoy the pleasures of Sleeptopia, the actual name of the establishment. There's an underlying notion here that Sleeptopia was shut down because of the evils of capitalism perpetuated by a demon lord who wanted to eradicate rest and relaxation. They eventually leave, review the place, and become very popular cool guys who continue to constantly fuck. The end. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Chris. Fantastic.
0: Thank you for writing that. It's actually a very good distillation of what happens here. <laughs> Basically like a lot of random sex scenes and a, and a bunch of different types of succubus joints and then sort of like the main adventure towards the end to get to the ultimate brothel.
1: Yeah. And there's no like there's no like clever ways that they, you know, end up in these scenarios. It's literally they all seem to have enough money from their last quest. And so they are just renting space at Yee Pub uh or Ye pube, depending on how you wanna look at it. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure. The joke could go either way. Um and uh drinking and then going and finding brothels to try every day. That's just their lives. That's that's who they are. So
0: I don't think um, they even get paid for the reviews.
1: No, they don't until the very end, I think uh. they got paid for one of the I forget. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about things that were good. This section is surprisingly long. Uh, yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> while we were reading this, Paris, I felt like you know hentai defender man <laughs> as we were discussing. Oh god, a- as we were reading it, it was a little painful to get through because just like I don't know, man, I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really
0: I- super interested in trying to get through a bunch of textual sex scenes usually. Um, yeah. I guess this is the point where I out myself as a hentai consumer from time to time. So I yeah. have some passing, not pa no, not you no. Know, passing is I have familiarity with with the scene. Let's. I'm say. just gonna
1: let you talk yourself into that hole. I'm I just yeah, gonna I'm let just it down. Real deep <laughs> <in here. laughs>
0: Point being here is I had to explain to you a lot of <laughs> hentai <laughs> yes! tropes and things. Especially the stuff where you're like, why are there sound effects like this happening all the time? I was like, Yeah, that's par for the chorus, not only just hentai, but in like manga in general is like an overabundance of the sex scenes. Also not I mean overabundance of sound effects, jeez. Uh also <laughs> sort of the thing where you were like, Why why is anything long a penis? Why is a tail a penis? And I was like, that's yeah, if it's long Guess what? It's going to be used.
1: These people just read too much Freud. They were like, the the guy who really liked talking about phallic and Yannick, yeah, we're just going to go with it. Um, yeah, so if it's not yeah. immediately, if it's not already immediately apparent, uh, I am not interested in sex books or pornography or anything. I just, it's, I don't know, man, it's just not for me. Um, you know, and it's fine. It's fine. You know, people can, people can be take out whatever stance they want on this issue i'm not gonna try to shame anyone it was just yeah it was it was a little tough for me too because i like you know like you said it's like i don't really want to read 250 pages of cat girl sex scenes but like here we are um (laughs) so luckily wasn't too long um yeah so i will say that the the writing was better than i thought it was going to be um it's better than most of the other books that we've read that were built around sexual content. Um honestly yeah. like shout out to the translator here because
0: got to say
1: Yeah, cuz like we've read other books that were originally in Japanese and were translated to English and it was pretty clear that there was like some stuff lost, literally lost in translation, but this had this had like all these idioms and it 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 uh translated jokes effectively. So yeah, that who is, this, who is this person's Marai? Uh Caleb yeah. de Marai. Yeah, you man, fucking Good job. You
0: were, You're good uh, porn you, translator, bud. Yeah, you, you were doing an Ace's <laughs> job there.
1: You were worth every penny they hopefully paid yeah, you. Um, I guess
0: like while we're on the topic of good writing here, I gotta say I think this book is a good example of my thesis from previous romance books of Write your sex scenes like fight scenes. There were both in this book, and I think they were both well done because it was easy to keep track of things in physical space, and, you know, it brought your attention to specific details that were, I guess, exciting in a couple of different ways depending on what you're looking for. So I, I do think that that, you know, in terms of keeping your bearings in the midst of a... Um, you know, high action situation, let's say. <laughs> uh, it was pretty good at that, and the translation also seemed to do a good job of that as well.
1: Wait, there were fight scenes in this?
0: Yeah, when they were going in the the ruined tree, up there was like a bunch of... Mon- Remember the fluffball oh, monsters yeah. and yeah, like the big that's, gaping that's maw thing? That's
1: true, that's true. Sorry, I forgot. That was like right at the end. I think I just my brain just erased as much of this as possible as soon so, as it yeah, could. if
0: you can write a good fight scene you can write a good fuck scene and if you can write a good fuck scene you can write a good fight scene
1: i want to believe that's true but i don't know if <laughs> i don't know if we've consumed enough media to to test that um we
0: need yeah. an, we need more romance novels with more fighting in them as well
1: oh we just no we need fewer romance novels thank
0: you yeah um, I, I agree <laughs>
1: Anyway, yeah, I, I know I know this might sound ridiculous to be like, oh, my God, you guys thought the writing was good in this fucking stupid porn book. And like, yeah, I thought that it um, it it's definitely like pace, has. Right.
0: It gets to the point, And when the yeah. sex is done, it just kind of moves into like a funny pub scene for like, I don't know, 10 pages. And then it moves on to like the next, you know, interesting sex scene to happen. Hopefully. So I think it knows its audience.
1: Yeah, and I think that um I think that because it doesn't take itself seriously, that's definitely a strength. Like this book is certainly um part parody and that yeah, that really made it more tolerable because you were like, "Okay, I can tell that the writer is self-aware. Like there is some self-awareness here. You know, we're not we're not being uh yeah, it it was it was over the top, but you knew that they were laughing too. I think a lot of the time,
0: laughing as they jerked off. Yes, which <laughs> is laughing and jerking.
1: <laughs> which is a horrifying image. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: uh, yeah, I don't think if I ever walked Paris, if you ever walked in on someone laughing and jerking off, you would burn the house down. Right? Yeah, sure that that person never escaped. Chris,
1: as you were saying <laughs> that. The first image that popped into my mind was a giant flame engulfing the room. Like before <laughs> you even said that, I was like, "Burn, burn it down." Um. Oh God, there's got to be someone who who is like into laughter, right? Like that's got to oh, be a thing. Oh sure, oh, absolutely. <sighs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on. Um, another good thing about this book. Excuse me. Was uh, another good thing about this book was that there there is a consent structure. So point number one is consent exists in this Explicit porn consent. book. <laughs> yes, and B, it, it mostly kind of works. Um, I mean, I yeah, like as silly as it is, like I said, to have this world where it's like, well, conveniently, there's a whole fucking honking group of people who are just into being sex workers and it's legal and safe and, you know, uh, you know, whatever. I, you know, it it still kind of works, at least in this closed circuit, you know, TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the, with it's the definitely barely coming in. Um. <laughs> it's
0: definitely part of the fantasy here that this is such a sex positive world and like there's not really much obvious exploitation of the sex workers happening here. They even seem to be kind of, In, you know, in power in a way because they're the ones that have the control of the situation most of the time, I would say. Um, I think this is the book's biggest plus, to be honest with you, especially since it never gets into the realm of these, you know, big adventurer types going like, I have to save these workers from this life or you don't understand, I'm in love with her now and I'm jealous that she has other <laughs> cl- clients, yeah. like that kind of save a hoe thing that some other romance <laughs> stories that like this might get into. It's explicitly a transactional thing. They're not creeps about it after. It's just sort of like, okay, this is the service we're providing. I had my fun and now it's done and I'm going to post a review about it as if it is a transactional service, which it is. Um, and honestly, this kind of is a major reason that I turned into Hentai Defender around here, around you, although there's plenty of stuff in Hentai that is not worth defending
1: at all. So, are, so I have a question for you. Is Captain save and Captain Hentai Defender, like, are they on the same
0: team? <laughs> yeah, they're on in the, the same in, in horny the Marvel- Avengers team. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: in the horny Avengers ensemble. Are they <laughs> together? Are they opposing forces? I feel like they're
0: opposing I, you know, forces. You I think, yeah, a little bit opposing for us. Like, they begrudgingly work together, if at all. And really, Captain Sabaho is, like, the annoying guy that, like, everyone else does not want to have on the team. I don't know if he's necessarily an... Ant- he. Actually, you know what? He should be the antagonist because he's going against that, you know, positive vibe on sex work thing. Because he thinks it's something that he must save you from.
1: Yeah, I mean, he- you know, I know this is just fucking jerk-off material, so obviously it's not going to not gonna be like nuanced enough to do justice to the extremely nuanced topic of sex work in the real world so uh yes. you know we're joking around about like captain Savaho or whatever obviously we i just want to say that we acknowledge that uh sex work is very dangerous uh and mm-hmm. can it is most often very exploitative and you know while there are a lot of people who are legitimately involved and are fully consenting and do not for themselves and it's their business like i the the large majority of people involved in it are being exploited or turn to that type of work because they have no other options uh, or no other good options so just wanted to put that disclaimer there we're not being flippant with this we're just trying to fucking review some stupid jerk off book but you know yeah, just, just important to also, say this is
0: kind of why i'm captain hentai defender here because it's definitely less likely that you're exploiting an actual living person and it's much easier especially you know not just hentais but like any sort of romance novel material which is surprising that we see it here the enthusiastic consent happening here more than other romance novels but it's like you can write in that enthusiastic consent as a major part of it and that is a Big plus for me if I'm consuming material like that. I, I really need that to be part of it.
1: Yeah, you know, what? I think I've never considered that before, but that's a really good point. That, um, as much as I I am, I don't know. I I don't understand like cartoons being sexy. I agree with you that it's at least not exploiting a real person, you know. Um, and that is that's a big plus. Uh, yeah, and like you said, you know, it can be designed to have a consent system that actually works and, you know, the characters can be enthusiastically consenting. As to your point uh, to regular romance novels and why they're almost less progressive in this case, <laughs> I think that's because, um, I don't know, we live in, like, a fucking patriarchal white supremacist hell world and most people have grown up with really toxic ideas about what relationships and romance and sex are like and romance novels are largely written for the popular audience and so it not you like know. that
0: doesn't leak into the hentai in this book oh, either
1: oh absolutely not no yeah. we're gonna talk about Not that. saying that
0: that's not a problem in this yeah
1: yeah agreed um anyway those are some pretty large uh complicated ideas so let's um let's just continue um I think that, uh, I, uh you know, even though this is a really superficial aspect of the book, I personally at least was like, oh, it's got like a swords and sorcery D&D theme. I enjoy fantasy, so at least it's got that. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, funny thing here, Paris, um, at the same time that we were reading this, I was reading another book that I kind of stumbled upon in one of my, like, every, once a year I kind of go on like a let's buy a bunch of fantasy and sci-fi books to read over the next few months thing. And I stumbled upon this book called *Orconomics* by J. Zachary Pike. And its conceit is essentially, it's a fantasy world that is built around the economics of the D&D adventuring party.
1: That's amazing. That's such a fucking hilarious premise. It's
0: really good. Like there's like banks and investment firms that invest in adventuring parties and they like take percentages of the loot hordes and they'll speculate on that. And there's like stock trading on that kind of a thing. It's really fun. But at the same time, it's also kind of a parody of that thing because there's like an explicit structure of like, this is the D and D adventuring party. There's a whole scene in it where they talk about, don't split the fucking party. You idiots. It's like the number one rule to protect your investment kind of thing <laughs> and all sorts of fun stuff like that. So like there was weird parallels with this book that we were reading. And that is sort of like a semi satirical take on like the D and D adventuring party. Except one is like capitalism based and the other is boner based. And I think <laughs> yeah. both were actually pretty good. And I think I do like that satirizing of the D&D thing because, you know, well, we both play that a lot. And I read a lot of fantasy novels. So it's fun to see it sort of, you know, parodied like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was a really bizarre coincidence. Uh, but, you know, fortuitous one, I think. Um...
0: I thoroughly recommend *Economics* by J. Zachary Pike.
1: Yeah, I haven't I haven't read it myself, but I I trust Chris's assessment. Um yeah, another minor thing, I was just grateful that there was actually an overarching there eventually is like an overarching story and there are breaks between the sexual encounters where there's like a mystery um you know around the the you know what they think is the the two mysterious brothels that are actually the same one. Um, yeah, it just kind of helped me as somebody who is, you know, imprisoned within this book and does not wish <laughs> to be inside of it. Uh, I was like just latching onto that mystery. No consent um, from you there. No, really. no, this no, this was this was uh forced consent. Um. Thanks, patrons. Uh, <laughs> anyway.
0: It's a horny mystery, too, which like kind of helps it gel with the rest of the book. Like you're sort yeah. of like, oh, what's what's the deal with these time traveling temptresses?
1: Yeah, um, and oh, what's up with this brothel at the end of the world, or whatever, um, yeah, so I don't know, I thought that was good, I already mentioned this, but there, there are times when it's very clear that the book is self-aware, um, I think the, the greatest example of that is the cucking chapter, uh, Somehow! A a phrase, a sentence that has just just (laughs) come out of my mouth that I, God, what is my life, uh,
0: I thoroughly recommend this cucking chapter. Yeah, in this book. right.
1: Uh oh God, that's no. But it but that chapter makes Listen, it. Listen, if you're gonna clear. read
0: one chapter in this book in this book, it's the cuck chapter.
1: No! That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> uh I think that chapter, it makes it very clear to the reader that there is a level of parody here. Um there's even a line where the main character, Stunk, um, is like right after the cucking chapter, he's like kind of grappling with it, and uh, the sentence reads: "Stunk was ashamed he had underestimated the fine line between role play and reality." <laughs> and um, you know he gets like too invested in this story that he made up that they like acted out at the brothel, and uh, it's it's funny, you know. Um, and then secondly, yeah, also I think- like a
0: legitimately serious kind of take on you know role play at the same time and like the the weird blurry lines that it has
1: yeah and how it can be dangerous if you're not really um yeah it it can be dangerous if you're not serious and understanding like the psychological risks of engaging in things like that so yeah I mean that was that really surprised me I was like oh this is this is cool that at least this element is here um, I think another place where the book self-awareness shows is uh, during any of Crim's inner monologue because we have Krim talking about being um, intersex and not really feeling comfortable talking to their friends and how they refer to themselves as them. And so does the author, but their friends refer to them as he because they don't know and he's like they're not comfortable coming out about it and um sometimes there are just pieces of crimson or monologue where i'm like okay this book knows that it's it's ridiculous and it is an intentional parody but you're also supposed to jerk off to it that's the part that's confusing to me but you know i can at least appreciate the the former uh so yucking and Um,
0: (laughs) yucking and jerking at the
1: oh, oh god That sounds like some fucking 1920s, like, ah, yeah, I'm going to go down to the Yuckin' Jerk. Like, you guys come go down to the Yuckin' Jerk, and then you want to get a soda jerk.
0: Soda after? From the Soda Jerk? Down to the Yuckin' Jerk.
1: There's, like, ragtime piano in the
0: background. (laughs) Jerk (laughs) off (laughs) in our Yuckin' Jerk.
1: Anyway, that's what this is. Um... Uh, But uh, a connected point is that I was, I was like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see that this book had an intersex character. Cool to see some representation for non-cis bodies, you know. um, That yeah, was, was fun. I was like, oh, cool. I uh, will it, say it, that
0: hentai does have, you know, it's more willing to explore that realm of things of intersex characters i see that quite a bit more in hentai than any other pornography but
1: yeah well i i don't know i just appreciated that it attempted to engage with you know non-binary transness gender fluidity whatever um it, it tried to it engaged with those topics um and at least
0: phobic about it right like that's yeah kind of the important right. thing
1: like even though Krim, you know, where we get, um, we're inside Krim's mind enough to give them personality, uh, you know, to really feel like they're an actual character. So at least they're not just there as purely a sexual object. Although it it does, I don't know. I I sort of wrestled with that, but um, I think that there was some effort there uh given to this person that so that they weren't just like you know it's not like the person who's intersex is at one of the brothels and then they're just like exploited you know they were one of the main characters so that was good um sometimes i don't know i i mean as much as i was like oh it's too bad they don't come they don't feel comfortable coming out to their friends that their friends sort of make fun of them sometimes for being such a hot dude um i was like well that's kind of reflective of the actual world so i I was yeah. okay with it. And it wasn't ever anything more than just some light verbal teasing. You know, I think if it had gone further, I think he that... has
0: the biggest penis of them all. And they all know that. And they kind of tease him about that a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, whatever. Um, all right. I also thought that the dream escorts were kind of a fun idea. And I also liked that when they're climbing the ruined, the tree in the ruined city or whatever, there's like a living tower golem that changed constantly yeah, as they were inside cool, of it. Right? And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. And I was that's like, just like I a would... cool
0: d d one-shot, right? Yeah, like just yeah, in and of yeah, itself. Yeah. I really like when fantasy, any kind of fantasy series, this is what you should be doing with these common tropes of fantasy. is like taking a common idea and twisting it a little bit in an interesting way. Orconomics actually did this in a really cool way too. Um, there was a scene where the adventuring party is taken captive by a bunch of orcs or what they presume to be taken captive it turns out that there's sort of a language barrier happening between the orcs and the adventuring party and what the orcs were really doing is like you know when they cap when they forced everyone to come with them by threatening them with like their you know many sharp weapons and they separated the party from each other turns out the orc party was really just a bunch of aggressive salesmen that have weapon shops and they were just like boasting about their cool weapons and separating the party out was like we were giving you individualized personal service. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> That's a really good joke. That's a good long-form joke. I like it.
0: Yeah, and the only thing that saves them is that earlier that there was a goblin that joined the adventuring party that could act as the translator and like tell like basically fix the misunderstanding that was happening so that the orc chieftain could be like, "Oh no, you were you're not imprisoned at all. You're just our honored customers." <laughs>
1: That's great. That's yeah. But that's like good. silly
0: twists like that on the thing. Like you expect the orcs to be barbaric and, you know, a, a certain way. But turns out, no, there's a fun little twist on that.
1: Yeah. They're just trying to sell you the, I don't know. They're just trying to sell you a vacuum in 1950s orcdom or whatever. <laughs> um,
0: it's the yuck and suck. We, we oh laugh <laughs> vacuum things. Oh, fuck. Ah. Ah. Oh, God. Got you with that one, didn't <laughs> I? Ooh, yeah, you uh, did. No, was... no. We're laughing and we're sucking. Oh, Things no! up off your floor. No not a sexual thing. We're just talking about vacuums.
1: Oh. Uh, uh, moving right along. <laughs> um there were even lines here and there that made me laugh a little bit. There's um Yeah, they were jerk just... off at
0: the same time, that's very important.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> um but I think, I mean, I already mentioned that. I really, I thought a lot of the points where the book was more self-aware were funny. Um, there was also, there were also just some pieces of dialogue that I was like, uh, eh, I got a little, a little out of me. Um, there's a scene where uh, Stunk is having a threesome with two fairies in his dreams. Uh, you know, the dream uh, sex workers. And one of them says, bro, you don't need to hit on me. I'm literally here to fuck you, and I just thought it
0: was just very straight to the point. Really and funny, yeah. It
1: was good, um, you know, because he's be- he's being like, "Oh my god, you're so- oh look at your body, you're so hot." She's like, "Yeah, whatever. Let fucking let's like, go. Let's, yeah, please, let- let's get, let's get out of this." Yeah, it was, it was good. It was funny. Um, <clears throat> uh, and so, even though I am very, very, extremely not into any of this. Uh, It does handle some of the, like, sketchier stuff a little bit more responsibly than, say, the Sleeping Beauty book did. Oh, Uh, yeah, this
0: is a great comparison to be (laughs) making, actually. Fantastic comparison to be making. I mean,
1: or or a lot of the other books we've read with sexual content. Um, And these are are also two moments where I knew the book was making fun of itself and these tropes, so I could kind of appreciate it. Um, One is the whole, like parent-child fantasy which Oh, God. I hate... I literally, like... I really
0: got squicked uh, out at that point.
1: Yeah, I retract into myself whenever I even have to talk about this stuff, so I just want you all to know that, like, I'm not endorsing any of this. I, you know, I'm not... I'm also not trying to shame anyone who may have these predilections. But, (laughs)
0: like, if you're gonna put that in your book...
1: Yeah. So, anyway... There is a scene actually the same scene that I where the funny dialogue was where it's stunk and the two fairies. Uh they they do this like fake daddy daughter thing um and it was funny. It was more funny than sexy I feel because it, it, it almost felt like it, it was making fun of how men struggle to be emotional and caring. Uh because the he was like, "Oh, you're just so cute" to one of the girls and she was like, "Oh, well I could I could be your daughter." And he's like Oh my god! And then he just like starts crying a little bit and like petting her <laughs> face, and then he's like picking her up in the air and spinning her around, and she's that like That was weird.
0: Wee! That really and, that made me feel super uh, weird. With
1: it. Yeah, it was, but like I don't think it was. I just the way that the scene was written, I was like, oh, they're make this is funny. This is supposed to be funny. Like I don't. Yeah. Think-
0: also, mercifully, he didn't have sex with that worker. She was more like around the other one when they were doing stuff. The other fairy. Mm-hmm
1: i don't remember i feel like maybe you're right i don't know um anyway so that was that was that one thing and then there's another section um where there's some age play which really fucking freaked me out at first because i didn't know that's what was happening uh the text tricks you into thinking that you're actually uh reading about um there's no way to say this delicately. It sounds, it, you know, when you start reading the chapter, it starts off just as though it is happening in the world. Um, it seems like Stunk is maybe recalling this as a memory. And uh, he is a child and he is in love with their maid, who is a house spirit with a giant boobs, you know, because, of course, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like giant boob islands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: mercifully, usually very far from racism Island,
1: yeah, you know what? I don't know that those you know you're right, I think racism Island and Boob Island are like safely on separate separate <laughs> poles of the of yeah. the earth um but anyway, there's this whole there's like it's pretty long too, which is also why you think it's actually real, and of course, like. They start having a sexual relationship, which freaked me the fuck out because I don't want to read about a child getting a handjob from an adult maid who is actually a house spirit who's, like, God knows how old. Um, but very slowly, the book kind of rolls out that um, this is all an elaborate backstory that Stunk has written specifically for the Cuckoldry roleplay shop because they take their performances very seriously and... And they often will ask customers to give them prompts or write something. And Stunk just went, like, whole hog on this. Like, he, he really... really he wrote a whole detailed backstory. So, like, you then realize that you were tricked and it didn't really happen. Uh, but, I mean, I still think it's horrifying. And I never, ever want to have to think about children being engaged <laughs> in sex. Um, But, you know... At least, like Chris said,
0: yeah. If you're gonna is, do it,
1: this is, uh, you know, not probably about real the people. most
0: responsible way you could possibly do it.
1: Yeah, and I think also like it was clearly part of, it was clearly a joke on the reader and like part of this thing. Although you know, this is still we're still in the the yuck and jerk or whatever, whatever. <laughs> I, uh, so. I'm a little, yeah, it still skeeves me out, point being. I personally mm-hmm. have a problem with that. But like we said, you know, at, at least it's not like the Sleeping Beauty book where it was children being tor- sexually tortured and imprisoned against their will.
0: Uh, like, at least Explicitly in world, there's no sense of like safe words or possible or anything like that. It really seems like, especially in the book, there's multiple points, actually, we should bring this up, where Stunk kind of says, hey, pause on this role play scene. And, like, the actors immediately stop and they're, like, concerned with, like, okay, was that too much? Should we try something else?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which um, is, again,
0: a major plus.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, well, it was also funny, but you're right. It was um, good to include that, you know, and I think... And I I also feel like in all of the scenes, whenever they want to change up what they're doing, they always ask if it's okay to, Mm -hmm. like, you know, have a certain style of sex or, like, do a certain act. And uh, that was also good. But anyway, I and again, I for those of you who haven't listened to the Sleeping Beauty episode, it's not lost on Chris and I that some people, of course, are into the idea that, like. You know, there is no safe word and whatever. But, uh, we we had a very long conversation about how th- that can you know about a ho- all that in that episode. I don't really want to yeah, repeat it let's all. Let's not retread um, that ground
0: and double the length of this episode again.
1: Yeah, I think our main issue is that when you're when you're talking about um children, sometimes yeah, that that has to you got to be a little more responsible. Um, yeah. Anyway, very not for me, but somewhat slightly less horrifying because it was, I guess, part of a long form joke, and uh at least it wasn't a a real person. But Yes. That's kinda of cold comfort for me yeah. personally. I'm trying to be really,
0: yeah, to be really I generous. I would have been fine if they dropped those two scenes.
1: Yeah, if uh yeah, I I yeah. I never ever wanna read that kind of thing, so anyhow uh let's let's uh, wrap this up with some of the final good things so um there are like two to three very brief moments where we are served a few sentences of an anti-capitalist allegory and let me tell you i was fucking he- i was there for I that agree. i was like yes <laughs> finally um sleeptopia was shut down because a demon lord wanted to eradicate rest and relaxation so people would work more the ruined city is ruined because of that demon lord mismanaging things and trying to accelerate capitalism into late capitalism. I am not making this up. This is a real undercurrent in this stupid fucking hentai porn book. And I was oh, like, yeah, it's, it's I was just like, excellent. Yeah, I was just like, holy shit. I wish this was obvious earlier in the story because it just kind of like you you don't learn about this until like the very, very end. And um, in another sort of hilarious uh, coincidence, like, Chris was reading Orconomics around the time we were reading this, and then I also read this on the heels of helping my partner finish his thesis on sleep and capitalism. And so I'm just like, holy shit, I can't believe there's, like, I can't, I'm just happy to see this idea. So much somewhere. intersectionality
0: happening right here in all aspects of our lives. I actually think, like, the demon lord here is also, like, a good allegory for how capitalism can seep in its claws, its demon claws, into things and ruin things like sex. Things that are supposed to be fun and, you know, healthy in a way. And just, like, allowing that capitalist thing of, like, you must work, you must be productive will fuck things up a lot when you could just be enjoying yourself.
1: Yeah, like, turns out the point to life is being alive and not um, constantly being under the heel of your oppressive capitalist masters. Um, yeah. <laughs> and somehow, this stupid fucking fantasy parody hentai book gets it. So
0: that was cool. yuck and that jerk cool. thing actually has a decent point here, Paris. <laughs> yeah. You thought you were coming here for some laughs and jerks, and turns out you learned something.
1: And then you're like, fuck, Demon Lord <laughs> is taking away my sex. I need I need to not vote Republican next time. Um,
0: I- <laughs> I'd like to yuck more often.
1: <laughs> uh, um, And then lastly, uh, Chris, this is your note. I've been talking a lot. I just there was a kind of away? a weird
0: parallel happening. There was a weird parallel happening with. Stunk going through the cuck role play because his audience demanded it of him and they really wanted to see him review this brothel. And uh, us doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's all fun just, you know, think it sounds like a fun idea to read some terrible books with your friend until you're reading hentai for below minimum wage per hour spent. Doing yeah, it.
1: yeah, it's great. That's
0: it's not really a denigration on our patrons. Thank you for all of the support that you've given us. It actually just makes this all the better, in fact. But, you know, we're not exactly raking in the big bucks for the amount of hours that we've <laughs> yeah reading your yuckin' jerks.
1: Although I think I think we have really streamlined things in the last year. Um, I agree. We've, we've we're doing found... much
0: better about it. We're, we're not under the... the the Terriblo's heels quite so much. Let's say
1: <laughs> Terriblo's claws. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I honestly, like as much as we bitch and moan, like that's part of what makes the show funny, right? Like poor yeah, Paris you're, is you're forced here to, to read suffer. porn and it's, and it's awful. Um, <clears throat> anyway, let's move on to focusing on the things that were bad. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I just have, I have some minor notes here. Um, so there's a point in the book where the fantasy adventuring party splits up. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to become like a horror novel. Like, don't split the party. Right. Like, that's always that's always the rule. And any like sort said, of there was a
0: whole scene in Orchonomics about that, where they were like, no, you can't split the party. What are you stupid? That's like adventure rule number one. Don't split the party.
1: Yeah, because and the whole idea behind that, if you're unfamiliar, is like if you split your party, obviously, like you lose Um, the specific skills of those party members and generally an adventuring party is um, assembled from people all with complementary skills so when you break it apart you lose those complementary skills and you are therefore less powerful and more likely to be killed by monsters so anyway they split the party and I was like I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Because I was like, all right, this book is self-aware. And then they didn't do anything with it. There were no consequences. Nothing happened.
0: Ah, There was a moment of brief tension because basically Khan Chal is separated from the party. And you're like, you don't have the skills to help you with the gaping maw creature. But then he just pops out of a hole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They were really. yeah. So It was a little.
0: Paris, I'm now realizing that I should have been making the obvious joke of yuck and fuck. Instead of yuckin and jerk, right? I mean, that seems like I don't even moral- remember.
1: I don't even remember what we said, and it was only like thirty minutes ago. Like my brain cannot <laughs> keep any. Uh, I've I've had a really. I've just
0: workshopped that joke in my head for the past thirty minutes, and I finally arrived at what's actually funny to say.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, we we got some we got some things. I mean, we already talked a little bit about how like we never ever want to read a fucking scene where a child is getting a hand job ever so like nope. there we go just right off the bat i just never <laughs> just never want to see it never want to read about it just, nope no one nope don't do it yeah please no find something else to yuck and yuck and jerk about um <laughs> uh Then and then we just have some some issues with uh there are times with this book where i'm like oh you're clearly self-aware but then immediately after i have fucking whiplash and i'm like oh god it's not self-aware. I'm. I was never sure because, like, in the book, men are uncontrollably lustful at all times and can do little else besides adventure for money and then spend that money on ale and sex. It's extremely tropey and hetero cis ideas um, about what's hot, despite the the one sort of inclusive scene between the intersex angel and the female hyena with a pseudo penis. Also, a sentence that has just come out of my mouth. Yeah. Um. So, like, I I was constantly vacillating between, like, is – how aware is it? Like, it seems to be aware about some things, but then every single sexual interaction is, like, hot girl – with, like, paws or a yeah, tail. traditionally
0: kind of, like... Yeah, she's of, got
1: huge boobs and a tiny waist, and, like, oh, uh, yeah. she's got a cute little face. Like, she looks so young. Like, they all look so yeah. young. It's just...
0: I gotta say, there was a couple of points in the... I almost had hope for it where it mentions thicker ladies, plump ladies, and I got a little excited. And I was like, oh, finally, some body positivity here. And it even mentions like, oh, that's for some guys, but not for our main character. And I was like, what the fuck? Come on, man! Like, just throw me a bone Yeah, it was. It was
1: really, it was really too bad because, like, all the women, literally, all of the the characters are always like, oh yeah, I want the one with the G cups. Like a and G the tiny cup waist. is not. I mean, I don't want to say it's not super common. Like, uh, there are plenty of women with larger cup sizes but like it Especially was always if you're a G larger cups.
0: person right right which is generally where you're going to encounter those things
1: yeah and then there's there's even a scene where like one of the guys they they all go to a brothel together in one in one uh, of these and one of the guys claims the girl with G cups and stunk is like oh my god what am i going to do i can't believe i have to get a girl with F cups and i and i was like okay it's so I was like, all right, that must be a joke. But then the sex scenes are, like, talking about how big and squishy the boobs are. So I'm like, is it a joke? I don't know. I can't. I. It's like, I guess it's both, Chris. I guess you're right. I guess it is both a joke and something you're supposed to find sexy. But then the joke sort of loses power when you're no longer, like, you're no longer really making fun. Of, I don't know. I, I really struggled with that. And the same with men. The whole time it's like big dicks, big dicks, big dicks. It may
0: as well have meat just been the beer, like big meat and beer, big dicks. I think there's like yeah. one scene where stunk is like, ew, vegetables even. So
1: Yeah, I mean and and again it's like, was this a joke? But but then when when they're making the same joke, so many times it loses power and it made me You can't me tell question. if they're just
0: glorifying that idea. Yes. Like That's supposed to be the male power fantasy of like, he's right. such a masculine man. He never ate a carrot in his whole life.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of a bummer. Like, I I just felt, yeah, I felt like the, um, there was such a focus on these very tropey, like, you know, heterosis kind of ideas that it. If there was a parody in there, it lost all power and just became, like you said, glorified instead. So confusing for, for the reader.
0: Um And again, all the the little quips about like, well, the plump things weren't for Stug, so he's gonna pass by on that. And I'm like, you know, if if you really like enormous boobs, you're probably gonna find it where there's a good amount of stomach too, let's say.
1: Yeah, I know. So that's like if, another if that's unfortunate That's... idea about how women's bodies work like
0: yeah, most women
1: I... do not just exist with enormous breasts and tiny waists like a lot of those those enormous breasts you see on tiny wasted people are fake uh which is fine i'm not i'm not yes. saying anything about like i'm not denigrating anyone who's chosen to you know have breast implants but uh unfortunately there is this predominant narrative you know in this fucking hellscape in which we all occupy um That that's sort of the uh, the way women quote women quote unquote should look, right? Um, And when that when that ideal isn't really Naturally practical uh, it, it just kind of sucks right Because yeah. then you have a lot mm-hmm. of people who feel they can't live up To this fantastical idea or They can but they have to get a surgery and they, they have to lose weight they don't know how they feel about Those things you know so or
0: even dudes who Are like confused with, or like Upset mm. when that's not a thing that they can Get right like why can't right. I have huge Boob tiny waist lady
1: And I think, because I think this
0: Kind of naturally doesn't occur that often man
1: Yeah and I, I think there's also I mean I, I feel like You know, men or you know people with people with penises are also put at a disservice here, right? Because like this whole idea about like enormous dicks is just fucking stupid. Like I I don't understand. I mean, again, it's just like big truck, big dick, big big muscle. It's such
0: a dude idea of what dudes should be is the thing. (laughs) Yeah, like if you possess a vagina, a large object is usually like a huge object is worse.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think people really don't understand that, uh, you know, vaginas come in different shapes and sizes, uh, and people come in different levels of comfort and desire, and uh, it's really weird to me that the world still hasn't figured that out yet. It's, it's like just like, everything
0: must be big, and big is always better. Like, just, guys, <sighs> relax.
1: Yeah. So it, it just kind of sucked that this book largely fed into those very mainstream ideas about sex and attractiveness. So that was sort of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else was there? Um, oh, yeah. Um, so even though I was like, hey, I'm glad that this book included a sort of inclusive scene between the intersex angel and a female hyena with a pseudo penis. um again, phrases that are coming out of my mouth that I just never thought I'd utter. Um, they, there are two things that, like, kind of ruin it. And one of those is a logistical question I have. Um okay. And the other is a point about the art. So... Even though the art in this generally looked very professional and well done, even though I'm like not interested in looking at it, I can still acknowledge that it was well done. Um, it's a 7 out
0: of 10 on the skill scale for hentai.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chris, for giving that numerical rating that we can now assign to you forever. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, the drawing on page 64... Of this intersex, uh, the, of the intersex angel and the hyena woman with the it it is horrendously awful. And I don't yeah, understand I why say, this one. I don't one... think this is
0: like a, this guy is like a furry artist or the person I should say. Is, I don't think they normally do that kind of thing because this was the worst piece of art in the whole thing.
1: Dude, it, like, I laughed out loud when I clicked (laughs) to turn the page. I was like, oh, shit, because it, (laughs) all right, it looks like someone poorly cut and pasted a Sonic face on a character that's supposed to be a sexy hyena woman, and I just, I cannot, (laughs) man. It is fucking heinous. I don't know.
0: Oh, Paris, do you even know about the (sighs) world of, like, OC Sonic fan art characters? Because it's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot I of that. It's a lot of
1: that. Yeah, I only know... Wait, why do I know about this? I think I found out <laughs> that people thought Sonic characters were like sexually attractive. It was because of TBC. Um, and I think it was because like someone commented on like our Maradonia video on YouTube. And they were like... Hey, you should read this thing about Sonic. And then I like searched for it and was like, oh my god, there's Sonic porn. And then I was like, Chris, did you know about this? And he was like, Paris, how did you not know about this? And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. So my innocence was shattered. Well, geez, you that don't know day. about
0: Sonic porn.
1: I mean, there was you somebody live under on a Rock. There was somebody on YouTube the other the other day who commented on one of our videos and they were like, wait, you've seen Yachtin? and and like I forget something else, but you've never seen an episode of SpongeBob. And I was like no I never watched I I'm sorry like I didn't... Yeah, it turns out
0: people have different media experiences <laughs>
1: yeah I just I don't know I mean I know it was kind of ubiquitous for a lot of people but I just was never interested in it so um anyway getting getting back on track here that that drawing made me laugh out loud and I would be really surprised if anyone was turned on by that I mean the face that one's was, like a four like, out of ten. Oh yeah I would I may I might even say lower uh uh, okay. Oh, so Paris, second, you haven't
0: seen some of the true. T- you, I've seen some one out of tens. Let me tell you.
1: But like, how can you jerk off to like a fucking stick figure? Like, I mean, that is that, is that what you're talking about? Like, at that point, no. my imagination is far better. Like, you know, what? yeah,
0: I will agree. There's definitely plenty of art out there where my imagination does much better.
1: <laughs> anyway, it was just this was particularly strange because it, like I said, it seemed like all the other art at the beginning of the book. Looked very professional and well done. So I don't know what the hell happened to page 64. But, you know, if you're looking for tips to improve, swap that drawing out. Um, my second point about this particular part of the book. There is a part of the sex scene where they are making out. And for the life of me, I don't understand how an angel with a, a human mouth and a hyena... With a fucking big ol' snows and giant teeth and a dog tongue are making out. How does I logistically, someone, please please never explain seen this to me.
0: White people letting dogs lick their faces a bunch?
1: Well, it's not it's not licking their faces, it's making out. They are very specific. <laughs> you know, this is porn, it's very specific and says their tongues are intertwining. Like I just I feel like you'd end up getting bitten in the face accidentally. Like it would be yeah, a little. pleasant. Uh I don't know. Logistically I can't get on board. I just can't get on board with dog mouth and person mouth fucking making out. I, I would just, th- honestly I,
0: I might think... go against you a little bit on this <laughs> because like okay, what's like the Oh number... god, we're in
1: T B C porn court again. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, man?
0: somehow we've <laughs> Okay. But think about okay, so like what's the hardest thing to manage when you're making out with someone?
1: Uh uh, I don't know. Like comfort. Your of nose angle? is mashing
0: against your nose is mashing against each other because they're protruding yeah. further out than your mouth, right? Yeah, with but- a dog face, the nose <laughs> and the opening of the mouth are in the same place. The, the nose is no further than where the mouth is and where the tongue would extend. In fact, it's easier to get the tongue further out from the nose.
1: You're getting, like, a cold nose on your face, like, dragging against your cheek and your fucking nose and eyes. Like, it just seems <laughs> that like... Be a pleasant. I don't uh, know. I don't... I uh, Judge judge Veggie Delight with egg uh, sentences this page to be burned and for it to be replaced and for the uh, makeout scene to be f- taken I, out. Paris,
0: I can't fucking believe we just talked about mechanics of humans and dogs making out. <laughs> well, <laughs> hyena, technically.
1: Uh, okay. I mean, this is... What this is the material we were presented and we were asked to review it. I I you know, this is just the unfortunately where we are in life. Um uh anyway. Last point is uh actually about something pretty serious. There remember I'm sure you remember uh from the content warning uh warnings at the beginning of the episode, I said there was a brief moment of racism and that's the what we're going to talk about right here. So I had really strong negative feelings uh about this part. There is a pretty short part actually where we don't we don't actually get a glimpse into the sex. It's just they go into the brothel, they talk about like choosing their girls or whatever, and then you see the review afterward. But there's it so it's not actually like the uh I guess the more explicit stuff isn't actually included for this section. So uh, the group goes to the uh sex shop for this sort of like singing singing bird women they are very clearly southeast asian um and the dog man bruce is that his name <clears throat> yep he um he finds that these particular uh bird singing bird ladies Smells so bad that he can't actually um can't actually have sex with them or enjoy himself. And I
0: Yeah, that that really, really there.
1: Yeah, talk about talk about a huge turnoff. Um it's it the book it in the book it's played as oh, he's a dog man with a super sensitive nose. And I just don't see it as anything but but racist and playing into this racist idea that, you know, people in certain parts of the world smell bad or worse than, you know, white people. And I hate to even have to to explain that, but I, I think sometimes people miss that that's, like, a, a common racist trope. And honestly, like, this excuse that, oh, he's a dog man with a sensitive nose. My dude, have you ever owned a dog? Dogs <laughs> love, love strong smells. They love their nose
0: into shit. They, oh, they, they fucking- love it.
1: They fucking they love it. They can't get like, enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like if you're like, oh, this person had a strong, spicy scent, which is how it's put in the book, like, a dog man would probably be, like, pretty down with that. Um, I mean, I've had... It's an
0: extra stimulating experience for them.
1: Yeah, like, dogs love strong smells, and they often love strong smells that most humans find disgusting. Like, I've had dogs that loved rolling around in rotting fish corpses, that actually happened um i've had dogs you know i'm think i'm sure we've all seen dogs eat poop or vomit like dogs getting into old food like sometimes dogs just get into weird stuff you're like i don't even know what you're smelling and they're like dogs love underwear they
0: really love underwear
1: like this plant smells real good i mean if anything dogs are like the the like smell freaks and they would be into anyone that had any kind of a strong scent at all i imagine my
0: dad's dog whenever you bring her into a new space at all or even just take her outside her whole activity immediately after peeing is to just sniff everything everywhere at all times a constant sniff machine
1: she is kobe is a little sniffer she may as well just be a nose with fur um yeah, so anyway, I don't know. I just it was hard to really feel like that wasn't a little bit racist. So, oh, if that could be removed, that would be lovely. Like if we could have just no mention of 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 that, that would be great. Uh it was just a bummer.
0: <sighs> All right. Um well, as um Yuck and Jerk reviewers here, Paris. <laughs> I think we've come to the end of our Yucks and Fucks.
1: Ah. Oh, can we fix it? Can we fix it, Chris?
0: I think yeah, you could fix this totally, you know, as I guess I suppose TBC's resident hentai defender now. Um <laughs> Captain
1: Hentai H- H- Defender. <laughs>
0: I mean, one thing that we really didn't touch upon, but that I I could have really have done without all of the "oh my god, best lover always" stuff, because like Stunk and whoever else were always like constantly like they they knew exactly what to do with this like five hundred year old sex worker who's ostensibly been at it for centuries. Like, yeah, sure, bro, I'm sure you. Who does not have professional experience and this is going to come in and automatically know how to best please every sex worker that you meet at all times. No, I took this as sort of like he's just very gullible and he buys into, you know, the sex worker doing their job of making you feel as if you're, you know,
1: right. super super
0: awesome and amazing and the best and everything like that. Like it's explicit that these are like nearly immortal beings. Like, in fact, there's a lot of scenes where stunk is like seen as a little bit weird by the other species because humans don't perceive these long lived, you know, beings as being old because they look young and everyone's like, that's a grandma, dude. We're like, what, what's up with that? Which is also weird. Grannies can be plenty sexy. Anyway, moving on from that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I could have done without all that, and it would have been fine if Stunk was just, like, you know, fine. Like, he just had his fun, and he didn't have to be the best at it. It was just, like, a little short, fun transactional time for everyone. Also, if you just threw in, like, I don't know, a lady barbarian who, like, out-meat-beers all the dudes and reviews (laughs) the Incubus brothels to, like help tamp down on some of like the hyper masculinity or at least present like an opposing force to it yeah or like maybe make it clear that the hyper masculine stuff is supposed to be a joke by having the dudes get into like hijinks or trouble because of their refusal to not like tamp down on that a little bit i think that could have helped this a lot also cut out maybe some of the stuff that we mentioned before (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. Um and sorry, I I totally got sidetracked and forgot to bring that part up when we were talking about sort of negative um gender and sex stereotypes and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is very not for me on many levels. Uh, but as an experienced book reviewer, um I I now know how to review things that I am I am not interested in. You know, I, I could at least appreciate that this book considered things like consent and non-cis bodies and it at least tried to make any majorly harmful ideas um a little more responsibly presented you know based on how they were framed um you know i'm still though i'm like i'm left wondering if this was truly a parody and was actually making fun of these tropes uh or or not, but I think, Chris, I think you're right. I think it is, I think it is not an or, but it is an and. Um, I think it is both.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe we, we could argue all day about the yuck to fuck ratio here. <laughs> yeah. But it, if, if you're going to do this, this is a pretty decent version of that.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah. I guess I, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone unless they were specifically like, "Hey, Paris, do you have any fucking sex book recommendations?" Even What's your then, hentai I...
0: recommendations, Paris.
1: Yeah, I don't think Please anyone would ask me that. Please leave, whoever you are. Yeah, I mean, and there's just so many qualifiers here. It's like, well, do you do you like cat girls or basilisk girls or? Elves, or like it, I don't know. There's a lot of things. Listen, how horny be... does the player's yeah. handbook get you? Right. <laughs> there you go. There it is. There it is. That, you know what? Uh, author of Interspecies Reviewers, there's your back of the book summary. You want to pull mm-hmm. people in, slap that on the fucking on the fucking cover a little sticker that says how horny does, does the player's handbook get you
0: Oh, marketing genius
1: it is yeah yeah it is that that's a genius move Chris I think we found your new career marketing oh, anti-books congratulations cool <laughs> oh man I really hope I I want a. I don't want to have to read porn for a very long time. Please, patrons. Please for please have mercy. Please have mercy please. on me.
0: Give us something different. That's not just yuck and jerk material.
1: Uh, All right. I mean, well, we, here's
0: where we thank our patrons. Thank you, Austin, in particular, for pa- being a patron and giving us money. Um, we are happy to read I, for. I, mm, mm.
1: I, I mean I guess yeah I'll I'll thank I will <laughs> thank you for being a patron and thank you for recommending uh this because it was just absurd and I never thank you for would interacting with us as well this.
0: and of course thank you to our other patrons Dari Greg Veronica Will D Jared Arant Senia, Yakub, like Elliot Kieran Martin J Luchek Miri. Yonka, David, Anya, Patricia, Donnie, Crimson Paladin, Beast with the Least, Scott H, Robin, Laxdodies, and our newest patron of The Void, the taco-eating unicorn, and our newest Kofi donor, Kiwi Thing. Thanks, guys, for supporting the show. We love you. Well, Paris, um, I, I think I've had my fill of yucks and
1: God. um
0: time to leave the brothel and close the door behind us uh, see you next yeah, time I,
1: yeah I, I good goodbye goodbye everyone Bye. i need to go take a fucking bath thank you for listening to another episode of terrible book club terrible book club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts paris and chris sound design and audio editing by Chris with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris our theme song is Kiss by Yearn which is, you guessed it actually, also Chris you can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? if so, become a patron at patreon.com slash bookload. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos send an email theterriblebookclub at gmail.com